the passage today is um, Colossians 2, verse 6 to 15. I'm just going to read that out. This is in the NIV version. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Oh, goodness me. Sorry, my desk is falling apart. <laughs> okay start again so just so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness he is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self was ruled by flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh God made you alive with Christ he forgave us of all our sins having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away nailing it to the cross and having disarmed all the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross so what I like to do when I, you, you know, I love to ask, I love to ask questions to God and um, constantly asking him questions. And one of the things I, I like to do when reading the Bible, hearing God's instructions, receiving his wisdom, etc., learning his ways and so on, is to ask those questions back to him, directly to him. So things like, okay, God, that's really good. So what does this mean for us today? What does this mean for me right here, right now in 2021, in my set of circumstances? And what does this mean for our church, CCK London 2021? And what does it mean for our friends and families and neighbors and the world here right now in this day and age? Okay, so these are the questions that I like to ask, and this is what I want to ask God today, you know, so what does this mean for us right now, right here, in our circumstances, with all of our situations, and so <clears throat> looking at this passage, there's, first of all, there's two instructions that God gives us, and then it's followed by a because, which is the evidence and the proof of why you should do that, and how it's possible, etc. So, I just want to read that first um, first instruction in the Passion Translation. And I know some people question the Passion Translation, but, you know, this verse does not say anything that I think could be questioned. Um, it just puts it into a context of making it more personal, which I think when we read the Bible, we also need to read it personally and apply it physically to ourselves. So this is the, this is the um, Passion's translation of that verse. Verse six, in the same way you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength and encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. And then that the second instruction that they uh, give um, is to not be fooled basically so first of all I want to look at the because 
Okay, why do why are we given these instructions? It's because, and then we'll come back to those instructions. So we know that the fullness of God lives in Jesus, our Savior, our friend, our lover, our protector, etc. And in Jesus, we have been brought to that fullness. So what is the fullness that we've been brought to? So it's access to God and everything that he has done for us. And we remember that he is in charge of everything, every power and authority. He is in control. He's in control of our lives, the decisions people make over us, and he's in charge of all the spiritual forces. Our old self, our bias to sin has been removed. We are now slaves to righteousness. We know that we died in him and we were buried. We had our funeral, if you like, in his baptism. And the truth is our old selves and that part of us where everything that goes against God's way is dead. Even though we still get things wrong and mess up, it's still dead. And the old you and the old me are nowhere to be found because they're dead. That person who is guilty and is accused is dead. They are no more. No more. They, they don't exist. And so to say that we are sinful, a sinful person is wrong. We can't help it. It's too tempting. It's too hard. All that sort of stuff that we find ourselves saying. It might feel like that, but that's not the truth. We are not legally bound to sin, even though we may do it often. And the truth is we were raised to life, made alive when he rose from the dead. And we are real living spiritual children of God. We are royalty. We are dignified. We have status. We have a future and we have a role to play. And all our wrongdoing in the past, the present and the future are missing from his records. He remembers nothing of it. There's no one left to condemn us. His enemy, our enemy, has been disempowered and rendered pretty much useless and has been revealed publicly as a defeated foe in total utter humiliation. So we can remember that the next time we've got our back up against the wall and we're scared and we're feeling alone, which truthfully we're not, but the enemy that we are facing is not as powerful as it's making itself out to be. We are complete in Christ, he's done it. We are free from punishment. We are free to have this limitless relationship with God, our father, our creator, our savior, our friend. And we're able to stand before him in confidence. We're accepted, we're loved, we're cherished. And we can live knowing that God equips us with every good thing for righteous living. And he equips us also with all the resources of heaven. Um, in Ephesians 4, it's our Father's will for us, we can see that it's our Father's will for us that we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then a bit later on in that passage in Paul's prayer, it also says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Christ. So God wouldn't will for it and Paul wouldn't ask for it for us in prayer if it was not possible to have the fullness so we need to remember that there's nothing for us to add to this nothing or no one else to rely on for our acceptance to God to be included in him and all that he has done for us to be right with him to be loved by him to be cared for by him there's nothing else that we can add so that's generally what it means but what does that mean for us right here right now today in our circumstances in 2021 um, I really love Katrina's um, example in that picture and I did try and do some PowerPoints but I'm not 
PowerPoint person and I really struggled with it, but that picture that she had of that cup and it was in the sea um, and, you know, they've got a big bath sea and the cup is filled, the cup is submerged into the sea, um, you know, indicating that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And I've been thinking about that image and, and I've got this sort of image that's been with me, um, taking that perhaps a little bit further, imagining like a tiny little teacup bobbing up in the vast ocean. And I don't know if you remember any of the stories of people that have been lost at sea, if you've ever read anything like that, the description that they give, um, if you haven't had the pleasure of being on a cruise ship in the ocean waters, um, so you're going to have to use your imagination, the sea is so vast, and that cup is the fullness, and the fullness of Christ, and the fullness to which we have been brought to is so huge, and it's so mind-blowing, just thinking that tiny little cup in that massive, massive ocean, and I found this quote that I really love, and I think this is going to just stay with me where well, it has been staying with me but this is going to stay with me for a long time and it's from um aw tozer and he says we cannot contain all of god because god contains us however we can have all of god that we contain we if we only knew it we would enlarge our vessel and that vessel gets bigger and bigger as we go on with god and i really just like that image of just that little teacup becoming bigger and bigger and we need to remember that God doesn't have limits, nor does he put limits on us. It's us that has limits and we put them on ourselves one way or another. So, for example, um, through disbelief or through feeling guilty or wanting to be in control, things like that. When we start relying on ourselves, we start to rely less on him. And when we start relying less on him, we've put a limit in place. And we've put another process in place, like believing that there's something else that I must do to be accepted, forgiven, cared for, provided for. Our vessel's capacity has just got smaller because we've filled our cup with a whole load of self-reliance. So what are those limits and how do they get there for us? So one way that those limits can come is in the form, say, for instance, of getting battle weary. And that's quite common and I can really identify with that so getting battle weary in a given situation you've been waiting for God for ages to do something while you've been holding on for dear life the lies pile in that God doesn't care he hasn't noticed he fixes other people's stuff or provides for them because they're more holy they're more kind they're better behaved they read their bible more they pray more fast more give more blah 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 okay, all that sort of stuff so before you know it, you've just been tricked into thinking that Christ is, in, uh, is not sufficient for you. He's not enough. Other people are more forgiven, more righteous, more worthy than you. And you've potentially just been tricked into thinking that you should be doing more in to get God's attention, the answer for prayer, his favour and his love. And as much as it can feel like that, that's really the case, even though if it looks like even though it looks like that to you and even those around you, it's, it's really not true. God's promises still stand and we are not abandoned and we're not orphans. He sees our circumstances and he knows all of the details. But why doesn't he do something? I don't know if you've asked that question. It's like, God, this is going on forever. It's like, are you going to do something? Why won't you do something? I know, you know, I've been in that situation and, and it hurts and it's, it's not nice. But the truth is, he does do something. It just might not be what we're expecting like what we're really wanting like the circumstances to change or you know we want that healing we want that provision we want that answer to prayer he does do stuff but it might not look like what we're expecting the reality is we sometimes don't get what we want though and how we want it and when we want it 
And there's never been a guarantee that life is going to be without troubles, but God has promised to never abandon us. Excuse me. And although he says, you know, there's that verse, be holy as I'm holy. And he also says, but if we do sin under all that pressure, which happens, which is the truth, you know, under pressure, we are squeezed. And sometimes the ugly bits get squeezed out. We have an advocate with the father. He is our defense and he is taking care of the debt. He's taking care of our sin. And we don't need to write ourselves off because God certainly hasn't. Um, my kids, Maisie, came back from Soul Survivor a couple of years ago. And I know I've mentioned this before. And I really love this quote. I don't know where it came from. Mike Pilvacci said it, but I don't know if it was one of his originals or if he picked it up from someone else. But she came back with this quote and hearing say we don't say oh no I've messed up my dad's gonna kill me we say oh no I've messed up I better go and get my dad and I just like to add to that image like like a child doesn't run away from a parent you know when they fall over and they hurt themselves and you know they're bawling and just snots everywhere and they've got bloody knee and it's really undignified they don't run away from God they run straight sorry their parent they run straight into their parents arms and they don't wait for the anger or the crying to subside they don't clean themselves up beforehand they just run so we go to get his help his counsel his wisdom despite what it looks like and what it feels like the truth is the truth and it doesn't change whatever our experience is so sometimes when life gets really messy or really challenging, it can feel like and potentially looks like God is a million miles away and we have to go back to our roots. We have to trust God's truth and not our version of truth, God's version of reality and not ours, because sometimes ours gets distorted through life and over time, because sometimes for unknown reasons, we can never get our head around it. We can never understand it. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fair. And life can really suck and it can be really difficult to bear every day. And it's at this point that we need to follow those instructions to be rooted and to be built up in him, strengthened and overflowing with gratefulness, etc. Not getting sucked into you're not enough for God and he's not enough for you. He's insufficient. His sacrifice didn't work for you. Like you're a special case who is excluded from the truth that is valid for everybody else except for you. So. What does it look like to be rooted and strengthened in him? So we nurture our relationship with him. We return to him as soon as we recognize we've believed a lie and moved away from him. We worship and then we listen for his response. And sometimes it can be really uncomfortable when we do that. Um, what it says in that song, you know, they're walking on the dance, walking on the water and dancing on the waves. Like firstly, that song is kind of in, it's in God's voice, singing directly to us in a very intimate way. Um, and that can be uncomfortable. It just feels odd. And then God says, I dare you to believe how much I love you. So I want to ask, how often do you hear God say those words to you? I love you or I love you, too, after you've just said it to him. Maybe we need to wait a little while after we say it. And if you say I love you to one of your nearest and dearest, you'd expect and trust that they would say it back too. It'd kind of be a bit rude if they didn't. So how often on a daily basis do we hear God say, I love you? Or, yeah, I love you too. Okay. 
We also recognize that together as a body, we experience the fullness of Christ. We were never created to be lone wolves or do life independently. God in his wisdom and kindness and love for us places us in families. And we also enjoy that fullness together. So get sharing with those you trust. We know it's not right to air your dirty washing to everyone, um, but there will be and there should be a few people that you can do that with. Let them help you, let them speak into your life and tell you if they think you're being taken captive by crappy thinking. When you are not being dependent on God because you're being controlling or whatever, being pushed around by enemy lies, let them speak to you about that. Let them be honest. It's really good to have friends that you can walk closely with and that you can kind of be brutally honest with. So what I want to do now is just ask God some questions and if we could just give some time to that. So, Father, would you please show us any lies that we might be believing that's stopping us believing in you and you only for our fullness? And will you show us the things that we are putting our faith in when it should be you? What are we relying on in life instead of you? And also, how can I increase the size, excuse me, the size of my vessel to have more of you? How can we make those roots go deeper and go stronger? Holy Spirit, would you just give us those specific revelations, you know, because the answer is going to be so different for each one of us. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission right now to give us those revelations even if it's painful we trust in your goodness we trust in your kindness we trust in your fullness and what you've done for us Jesus we trust in all those truths that we've just listened to that we have just read off we trust it that it's true and that you are good and that you have got our future and our safety and our provision in your hands we trust you for that so we can ask you those difficult questions holy spirit and give you permission right now to give us revelation on those points anything that we're putting in the way that's filling up our cup instead of allowing our cup to be filled completely with you we want to remove them we want to repent if we need to we want to make those changes because we want we want our vessel to be bigger. We want to be full more of you. Holy Spirit, thank you. And I pray that over this week as well, we give you permission over this week as well, as we're just doing life, anything that is not right, you just flag it, Holy Spirit. We trust you. We trust in your ability to speak to us. Help us to hear your voice. Thank you. Amen.